0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Thera Health's Omega 3-rich product, Arctic Cod Liver Oil by Nordic Naturals. At the JCN Clinic, we prescribe a lot of Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil. Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil actually provides a great combination of anti-inflammatory support alongside naturally high levels of vitamin D and vitamin A. Now, we know many of you are starting off the new year with a strong focus on your health, which is great. But at JCN, we want to encourage you to ease into this with those healthy adaptions that help create habitual long-term gains. So this absolutely can include the use of a sustainably sourced wild Arctic cod liver oil such as Nordic Naturals Arctic cod liver oil. Now, why would we recommend Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil as an easy, healthy start. Firstly, in just one easy dose a day of capsules or liquid, Nordic Naturals Arctic Cod Liver Oil will provide a really rich source of omega-3 essential fatty acids that help modulate your immune system and downregulate our inflammatory responses. Now, in addition to this, Arctic Cod Liver Oil is rich in vitamin A, as mentioned before, which helps boost the mucosal immunity of your gut, and vitamin D, which helps modulate your immune system. Pretty amazing. If you would like to try Nordic Naturals Arctic cod liver oil, find a certified stockist near you at therahealth.com.au. Hello, and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we have an exciting guest with us today for our first podcast of 2023. We're joined by Gary Cleary, or Gaz, as we often refer to him. So welcome, Gaz.
1: Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's a <laughs> privilege. You must have been stuck for guests, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. We, you are at the top of the list when we were putting together the wish list. So we've had... Uh, Gary's partner, Michelle, on, I think, at least two, maybe three times. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carissa, but Michelle joined us, ooh, I think late last year was the last time, um, and we were talking a lot specifically around nutrition, women's training, and getting into the complexities there. So uh, Gary is great in that he's going to be able to share the other side um, of the sort of coin in regards to the male component of training, which I'll obviously get you to tell us about in a moment, Gaz. Um, But we will be diving further today into elements as far as the psychology around um, looking after yourself and how that relates to everyone, not obviously just guys. But... Guys, again, welcome, and I'd love you to uh, introduce yourself as far as obviously who you are, but what's your background, um, your industry, and just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit about you, just to get everyone familiar with your lovely face and name.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, my full name is Garold Cleary, but that's Irish, right? So <laughs> if you don't speak Irish, you're not going to have to pronounce that. So I go by Gary, which is shortened here in Australia to Gaz. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, so I studied going way back where, where it all started out. I studied health science and physiology and then uh, studied physio and then i worked for a physio for as a physio for over about 10, 11 years. Um, in 2017, had some health challenges of my own, um, and then combined that with, I suppose, seeing clients come in to clinic as a physio who I felt that, you know, maybe there was more lifestyle factors to address. I started to take a, an interest in kind of the wider perspective of health and coaching and helping guys, and, you know, just over 12 months ago, I, I decided to, to sort of move into the coaching space. Full time for myself, and that's what I do now. I work with guys online, helping them to, you know, upgrade their their health level, their fitness, um, and their mindset as well. Because I think a lot of people around health, fitness, um, there can be a lot of blocks there, you know, um. So I think, given my history with my own health challenges, I've been able to sort of impart some of that advice, or at least some of the experience, anyway, that I have um, experienced and help them to, you know, really. Um, zone in on some of the goals that they want to set for themselves in their health and fitness, overcome any kind of old injuries as a, as a part of that as well, given my history as a physio, um, and really just address everything as a, as a lifestyle, you know, so stress, sleep, you know, even managing themselves, time management, those sort of things, um, so that they can, you know, perform at a better level, feel better about themselves, and, you know, even look better as well.
0: Mm, great. Can I ask too... I think it's interesting and I I mean, maybe the answer is obvious, but Michelle obviously is very specific about working with females for yourself. Obviously, as you just said, um, I mentioned in the introduction, like you're really narrowed in on males. Like, was there, like, is there a reason for that that drives you to want to specifically help males versus wanting to work with obviously any gender? Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, great question.
0: No, no, great, Did you and Michelle
2: Scissor's paper rock for this? <laughs> Is it
0: because she's got this part and I'm like, well, I can't touch her business, so. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly, yeah. She threatened me and said, if you go near yeah. anyone, you know. <laughs> um, not, not really. Look, I, I think it was probably, again, down to, um, you know, my, my history and sort of, I guess, you um, my, my health issues in the past as well so I suppose to, to go into that slightly I so in 2017 I had testicular cancer um and actually ironically it's six years to the day since I was diagnosed oh, really? so
0: wow. very, very um,
1: fitting yeah yeah right um, so I had chemotherapy yeah yeah a bit crazy um mm. had chemo and then um had developed a, like a lung embolism or clot from the chemo and went through treatment for that as well so I, I don't know. I, I suppose I just I felt that well, that's a very male right. Mm. Only men can can get that type <laughs> of cancer, right? So I suppose that that sort of came to mind. But also, I think I had I had guys reach out to me, like so, whether they were acquaintances or friends who had sort of seen me, I suppose, bounce back from that. And you know, I set my own goals around getting back to optimal health after that. I set that as a challenge, and they'd sort of seen that journey, and they'd sort of reached out to me and all of them were, were guys were men so it just sort of developed organically just yes. it wasn't really a a decision or a choice and it's i suppose it's not to say that i won't um branch out into working with with women at some stage as well but mm. right now you know i just enjoy working with the guys and, and sort of inside the community and group we have it's all guys you know so um yeah we're, we're sort of build a good camaraderie there i suppose
2: I was just gonna say too, and I know obviously a little bit this because I've known you for a while, Gaz. But maybe just for the people listening to, um, I feel like because obviously I've known you and Michelle for a period of time, and you guys have always been like great, might like great people in terms of mindset and health, even before you both got into coaching. But just like a little bit about maybe your life pre-cancer, just in terms of health, mm-hmm. fitness drinking like just obviously because everyone like watching you on socials now you have so many great things to give people around mindset and tips which I know we're going to get into but life pre-cancer like was it completely different and obviously you know what did that look like um for everyone who probably you know maybe hasn't had a massive health event to kick them up the ass to get their health on track so
1: yeah great question great question so um when i i suppose when when i got sick i actually decided to give up alcohol so i suppose we talk about that first of all so prior to, to having cancer you know i would i would drink and like i when i came to australia i actually ironically i didn't drink as much as i would have back in in ireland right just different lifestyle different priorities right but i still would have drank and um, so that's kind of probably one of the biggest changes, I suppose. I would have had a couple of drinks. Um, I would have suffered pretty bad from hangovers, like two or three day hangovers. Um, and I sort of would have been drinking because I guess it was part of society and culture and whatever it might be. But I think it would probably have held me back a little bit in um, really achieving the next level of health and fitness. But I think part of that as well is because I didn't have as clear goals so growing up i would have always played team sports you know gaelic football soccer those sort of things and then sort of grew out with that just through one reason or another just busy with uni work and being a physio as well you end up actually working on the team instead of actually playing in the team you know so you're working on injury and management of players who are injured um and i think what happened was i was just kind of floating along like i was training for the sake of training i would go on runs we you know better 5k or 10k run to do the odd park run but i had no real structure if i'm being honest you know i was just training because i knew it was good for me and a bit of a mental release and whatnot you know um but i didn't have a structure i didn't have a focus i wasn't setting goals and i looking back now i wasn't achieving the potential of health and fitness that i i could have right and but at the time i didn't really understand that or i didn't see that um so if i could go back i guess i and set myself more clear goals and objectives back then i could have been operating at a much better level so better energy better focus um you know and just even kind of just stronger um you know feeling better overall like i felt okay you know don't get me wrong i was never i never suffered from any major you know health ailments or anything like that prior to um to 2017. I would have had the old injuries and things like that but overall i was i was kind of average health you know um i wouldn't say my health was above average um you know and on, on well luckily and unluckily it took something like cancer for me to kind of realize hey hang on like i can actually achieve a lot more here in terms of my potential and i can i can operate at a high, at a better level um in work and have more energy and just feel fresher and feel sharper um and feel stronger. Um, you know, just operating at that that higher level day to day, you know? Um so I think, yeah, I think that's hopefully answered your question, Chris. So I was operating mm. at a level that was okay. Yeah. But I was leaving a lot of potential on the table, I felt, you know?
2: With the obviously what you do now and saying I know like how much more potential there is. Even I feel like just the amount the industry that you and Michelle both work in, but even Jess and I learning our own things over the last couple of years like if you go back to when I think you and I first worked together and you were right into your getting back into you know post post chemo getting back into your health and fitness and you were eating and training I remember you asking me questions around this kind of stuff that I now you you now you know obviously you know, know so much about and Because we're not even sports trained in that way as nutritionists, you're going, am I eating enough for my training? And I'm just looking over your basic macros and calories going, yeah, I think it's all great. But then you go and specialize in this field, you and Michelle, and then, yeah, and it's this whole other way that you can just get the most out of your training and your food and protein and everything. Hey, like, it's just so different to just standard, um, I think, like standard nutrition coaching or PT coaching. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just, again, it's tweaking all of those things. Like I still, I learned loads from you, Chris. And I like a lot of the stuff that you would, you know, um, in terms of nutrition protocols would be very, very useful. It's just it's tweaking that slightly and have a slightly different focus, right? So, you know, if the guys, any guys come to me and we're suspicious of any gut issues or hormonal issues, I'm like, hey, don't see the girls. Like we're, that, that's, you know, I, I don't specialize in that. But if it's a case that they're carrying a little bit of excessive body fat, they're you know they've noticed that they don't have the same energy levels they don't have the same folks at work they're you know maybe very stressful jobs they're feeling a bit you know drained a lot of that can be changed with some simple tweaks you know um to their nutrition to their you know even just hydration to their movement levels to their sleep uh, stress management those sort of things um so it's it's just tweaking a couple of small things and I, I guess it depends on what's the focus and what's the goal and what's the person in front of you looking for right and that's the main thing and that's the thing with coaching is that it's it's custom it's tailored to the person in front of you so some guys would come to me and, and like their nutrition would be pretty pretty good but their training is just not off the scratch they don't have a structure they don't have a focus um they're maybe working a very stressful job so their stress management's not great They're maybe you know having a couple of beers every night after work to unwind and if we just change a couple of those things and we start focusing on the areas of their life that's not working the best then it just, things just start to click you know and then we can fine-tune macros and protein and carbs and do carb cycling and all these different things as we go along but it's actually remarkable how quickly you can change you know even just energy levels and focus with a couple of tweaks just get people drinking more water like you know i say this to the guy sometimes like it's boring stuff but boring stuff gets results you know yeah. it's about doing the boring stuff consistently right and not <laughs> not looking for the next next you know hack or or next best thing um and i'm I'm, I'm sure you know you like you girls will talk about that as well a lot with your nutrition protocols like you know whole foods and hydration mm-hmm. you know the simple doing, doing the simple things along with then tweaking uh, protocols for the individual and in frontier you know you know, getting into more complex things yeah
0: for sure yeah for sure and it's funny you say that it's those simple things we'll often talk about it being the you know of course they're not so sexy things that are just so um, enticing more from a social media point of view it's like those we are constantly banging on about those foundations um, and, and getting the habitual practice around those foundations which is so vital, which so many people, unfortunately, are lacking and um, more drawn to the the kind of like outside stuff. Um, So I wanted to ask, you you mentioned this a little bit prior when you were talking about your history. Um, You talked about being a physio and then moving to being a coach. So obviously, you mentioned again, a little bit of the why, but one, what was the sort of major pulls? Because physio was giving you a certain amount i'm sure of um enjoyment and satisfaction but what was it that made you one want to move to being a coach and then also if you could explain what does a coach do that is different from someone going and seeing a standard gp or standard pt yeah
1: so so great great question Jess look I think if we I suppose with physio what I noticed with physio like I I worked in the in the industry for over 10 years right and when I first came out the physio that I was operating as um, was completely different to the physio that I ended up operating as and continue to operate as now right in terms Mm -hmm. of the research that you have behind what we're doing and the methods that we're doing so To give you a little bit more of an example, like when I came out, it was all about like massage, mobilizations, dry needling, and then maybe a a little bit of exercise at the end of a session with a client. And what we're seeing now is that, and again, this is client specific, right? And there's different populations. I'm talking about kind of just generally here, but generally speaking, for the vast majority of conditions or injuries, if you can get that person loading um, appropriately through strength training and you know endurance training, you can have much greater outcomes long-term for them than just massage or dry needling like that has a place especially if it's like an acute injury and there's a lot of swelling there's a lot of inflammation there's a lot of pain and things like that but once you get over that phase uh, I think the biggest mistake I made as a younger physio was not loading people enough and i using a principle within kind of strength training or, or fitness which is you know, the, the said principle, so specific adaptations to impose demand. So basically, say if you have somebody coming in, they've got a hamstring strain, they want to get back to running a 10K up hills, like up trails. If you're doing massage and dry needling, okay, it's going to maybe help with the initial injury, um, but it's it's not going to, it's not going to get them back to a level that they need to get to, to be able to go and like sprint uphill, right? Mm. And that's where training and I guess coaching for one, you know, it, it kind of moves into that more, um strength conditioning um and just getting that person strong and resilient and I I guess then so that was kind of what sort of brought me more into the coaching side of things away from kind of traditional physio but then taking top of that then as well you know you'd have guys coming in with that same hamstring um injury and we'd have a chat about their lifestyle factors so their stress their sleep their nutrition and I felt you know, when I was working in a clinic, I just did not have the capacity or the time to actually go into those things and get a really, you know, a deep dive in how this is going for this person. So yeah. if you have somebody, he's a dad or two, he's a business owner, he's sleeping five hours a night, he's, you know, living off four coffees a day and, you know, I'm getting him in the gym, he, he's under 18 and I'm getting him in the gym and I'm trying to load through his hamstrings and his posterior chain to get him nice and strong to be able to get back to this exercise that he really enjoys that's, you know, like a stress relief for him. Um, it's very hard to get long lasting results if we're not building off a good foundation and that's i suppose where i wanted to pivot into coaching more was to sort of deal with the person one-on-one um, get down to the the lifestyle like like what's going on outside of the clinic and the training mm-hmm. you know um and then i guess look with coaching, how it's different from PT, I think there's a bit of semantics there as well. I think coach a lot of PTs are coaches, and a lot of coaches are right. sort of PT. So I think yeah. there's a little bit of that there. But I guess traditional PT is probably more gym based, right? Again, so you're 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 bringing someone in, you're loading them with their program, but maybe um you're not, you don't know what their nutrition is like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You don't know what their stress management is like. You don't know what their sleep is like. Um, and I think. I was seeing, I suppose, a lot of people where their allostatic load, so this this cumulative, you know, stress in their lives was not being very well managed. And we know that if you're chronically stressed, if you do pick up an injury, you're like your pain levels. You're going to perceive your pain levels higher than somebody who's you know um, less stressed and, and managing their stress well, right? Um, and you're going to recover better. And if you're able to go into the gym and 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 sort of push yourself to a point so that you're stretching, you know, your your um, yeah, you know, stretching yourself, stretching those tissues so they can improve and get stronger. You need to be able to recover, right? So it's it's in the recovery phase where that strength and those adaptations actually happen. So I guess in a nutshell, that, that was kind of it. I was seeing guys coming in, and I thought that there was a lot more to this equation than just getting them in the into the clinic and and um, doing hands on work with them and getting them into the gym, and getting them stronger. You know, it was that was taking them so far, but there was a lot of stuff outside of the the gym that maybe wasn't. Um, at a good level and it was holding them back right and then you know obviously then as well at the moment you know unfortunately like we have a situation where there's a lot of people who are carrying a bit of excessive body weight as well and that does not help with a lot of of injuries right especially Mm -hmm. if it's more like joint injuries and old injuries like if you have an old knee like you used to be a footy player and you've had a couple of meniscal tears and you know, now you're carrying a little bit extra weight. Like we know that that has an impact on the joint and the pain levels and your ability to recover that and that as well. So there was there was a lot of different components to take into consideration. And look, I, I suppose going right back, I've thought about this before. I was always interested in health, fitness, biology, science. Like, you know, I used to read uh, one of those geeks. I'd read biology books instead of comics when I was younger, right? Because <laughs> I just found it interesting. I was always like, what's, you know, how can you, how can you, you know, for me, it was kind of for, I suppose, football. Like how can I have more energy? How can I be sharper? Whatever it might be. How can I get stronger? And I went down the route with physio because I had my own injuries, but I could easily have gone down like mm-hmm. nutrition or, or exercise physiology or PT or whatever it might be. So, um, i just felt that yeah i you know i sort of i was in the physio lane but there was all these other lanes and i was kind of like well i i've i've really enjoy physio and i still consider myself a physio and just in a different mm. capacity you know i still mm-hmm. do read physio research as much as i possibly can and as i said because of the way that i operated as a physio was it, be, it became very much about like strength and conditioning and helping that person become physically resilient um so you know it kind of naturally morphed into that sort of strength and conditioning and, and pt i suppose if you want to you know um, mm. label it like that uh, but yeah kind of pt or gym work you know um, and, and look i was very fortunate to to work in a clinic here in brisbane that had a gym attached um, to the clinic right in, in game time physio in mm. and, and Morningside, great clinic there great staff and had a real philosophy around building people up and getting them stronger and getting them more resilient and look personally i can say that my results as a physio like were far better, far better Mm -hmm. when you were getting people of all ages. I'm not just talking about athletes here, but like, you know, like six-year-old guy with chronic back pain, like you get them in, you get them a bit stronger and all of a sudden it's not as hard for him to go and pick up his grandkids, you know, because he's got that strength and that resilience, you know? So, so I hope that answers your question without waffling (laughs) too much, but yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. I think bringing the, yeah, just even the, you having such a solid background in physio and being able to bring that into what you do now, like it's, it's such a valuable skill. Like, as you said, it's like, you're not, it's not like you just drop that. You're still using all of those skills and bringing it into this kind of new lane, which is enhanced by having that background. Um, But you're, it's, you're obviously very similar to Michelle. You know, it's like some, some people might be like, well, you know, um, this is what I do, and I know to help these people more, like they need some more support in this space, so I'll refer. But if you're Michelle, like, no, nope, I'm going to get the skills and I'm <laughs> I'm going to make that transition. Like it's that ultimate, <laughs> to me, it's like that ultimate entrepreneur brain of like what, what else can I add? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I suppose I—I I, I never consider myself an entrepreneur. I—I like I, that word never comes into my head. Really? Honestly, like I just see it as like, well, I know that this person, I—I I know that there's more potential for this person, but I can't yeah. help them achieve that potential in just a physio capacity in a clinic. So I was like, well, and I really enjoy working with people and like developing that relate working relationship. You know what I mean? And getting to know them and and uh, kind of what pushes their buttons. And and I suppose the mindset side of things and having a bit more time where we can get into that like what is it that you're doing that's holding you back Mm -hmm. from being able to achieve these goals or what you know what have you tried in the past that maybe hasn't worked for you because it wasn't a sustainable way of going about things you know Um, and it can be very very hard very challenging in a clinic environment to do that in like a a 30 or 45 minute slot you know no matter how good the clinic is and no matter how many resources they provide that can be a bit tougher yeah
0: yeah and in regard to that mindset to to shift there Obviously, it's a, it's a big part of being a coach and it's a big part for us um, as nutritionists um, and even naturopathic care at JCN. Um, if not one of the most important underpinnings of health as far as getting people to a healthy mindset and creating really good habits, as we mentioned earlier, and long-term habits. So for you, how do you and i know this is a big question but what are your some of your sort of go to's as far as working with clients to optimize this space because it's not easy i personally think it's one of the hardest challenges that we have when we're working with individuals
1: yeah, 100% 100% and i say this time and time again is that like getting fitter getting healthier it's not a complicated process you know 99% mm-hmm. of it is your mindset and just managing your everyday life and managing you know your stressors, um, and I suppose, look to answer your question, Jess. It really comes down to the individual, right? And, and trying to, I suppose, gauge their personality. And when somebody comes on board with me initially, and um, the, the, I suppose, the challenge is trying to meet them where they are, right? So if you have somebody who is, you know, scheduled to the minute, very good time management. Um, maybe works on themselves, but you know, have it been able to delegate a lot and and they they sort of have very good structures in place and they maybe know the basics in nutrition or they, they do a bit of training already, then you can kind of push that person a little bit more. You can give them a little bit more, especially in those first couple of weeks, and they'll take it on without getting overwhelmed. However, if you have somebody who maybe has tried losing weight in the past, you know, unfortunately maybe sunk their calories, increased their output um, felt very flat, very lethargic, and then regain all the way at again. And um, they might sort of see that again as another sort of quick fix. This is this is going to be the one, and it's going to be about explaining to them that listen, if you can make like the if you can build the actual structure in your life to support your goals, it's going to last long term as opposed to just focusing on the goal itself. So, I I think um. James Clear, Atomic Habits. If you, you know if you read that book, it's a really really good book. It's actually a book that I recommend to all my new clients. And he talks about you know he has this sort of um, model, and in the center of that model is identity, um, and then he has outside that that center he has um you know uh, systems, and then he has processes, you know, um, and or outcomes. Sorry, it's processes and outcomes. So identity, processes, and outcomes. And the identity is where it all starts. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you start talking to people about that, though, it gets a bit woo-woo very quickly. So I just say, listen, look, we're going to start changing that through your actions, right? But I want you to, like, good enough is perfect when you start. So I mm-hmm. suppose when it comes to to mindset, it's about trying to pick out, well, what sort of person is this? Are they very much, um, you know, um, somebody who is has kind of perfectionist tendencies, right? Because mm-hmm. that that's something that I see a lot, where they want to get everything 100% right in the first couple of weeks. And then if something goes wrong, right? And, and Murphy's Law, like, it will. Gar- mm-hmm. I guarantee when within the first couple of weeks, like, something's going to come up in your business or your work or whatever it might be. Um, and then that sort of um, gives itself into this all-or-nothing approach where, they're like, it's either 100% or nothing. And that's not life, like, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I, I've dealt with this myself. I, this mm-hmm. is my personality. So I can kind of relate to these people, you know? Um but it's about uh, small steps, building things up. And again, it's it's kind of, it's doing the boring work, Jess. Like it's not, it's not like you're going to have some, you know, we don't try and have any major breakthrough. It's just over time with consistency, you start to build a pattern of habits, routines, skills, drills, systems into your life that supports your health and fitness goals um you know and allows you to achieve your goals and focus on the process over the outcome and that's a big cliche nowadays i don't know if it's just me i see that a lot on social media <laughs> but it's the truth like a lot of cliche have a lot of truth behind them right so yeah. it's about focusing on the process and I, look i i had to do this myself like i remember the first time going back into training after finishing chemo like and i just i remember thinking i'm like I've lost all my strength, I've lost all my muscle mass, I I don't have the same levels of energy. It was really, really hard. Like, but I just had to keep focusing on each day and just kind of showing up and building up slowly. Um, and then that sort of became a challenge in itself. It's like, well, how long can you just keep being consistent? You know, like, you know, just keep keep exactly. keep on keeping on as the saying goes, right? You know, um, and setting your sights. So I, I set myself, you know, a five year goal. I said, right, because technically with cancer it's like five years later, you're technically in remission. So I was like, well, how cool would it be to be probably the fittest I, I ever am in my life, you know, within, you know, within five years later. Um, and, and when I talk about fit, it's not just like, you know, aesthetics, I'm talking about heart rate, variability, blood pressure, um, energy levels, focus, mood, you know, um, how I've set up my lifestyle to be able to manage stress, things like that. Um, And so I was taking a longer term view and that can be hard for some people. But I think what you can do is, we as humans like finish lines, or we like crossing a, a finish line, so we can set up intermediate goals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we can say, okay, well, listen, in two weeks from now, I want you to be able to hit like two hundred grams of protein every day, right? I just mm-hmm. let's just focus on that, like because your goal is to lose body fat, build muscle, you know, recomp- you know, have recomposition in your body, and that that's a really really good starting point for a lot of a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. they're under eating in in protein or maybe under eating in general, and then sort of grabbing something on the go at the end of the day, you know
0: yeah absolutely just interrupting the show for a moment guys to tell you about our revamped real food reset plan this is one of our most popular plans that you can purchase on our online shop on the website it's been designed by clinical nutritionists and it provides a two-week rotational seven-day plan that we encourage you to follow for a minimum of four weeks All of the recipes are delicious, they are macronutrient balanced and essentially this is about helping you navigate the overwhelming task of getting started with eating whole foods. There's loads of veggies, fiber, whole grains, proteins, omega-3s, all of those big areas that we talk to you about a lot on the podcast and within JCN. So it's really about getting those beautiful nourishing foods into you, supporting your natural detoxification, getting your energy up, supporting digestion, and even that brain and mental clarity. So if you'd like to try The Real Food Reset, We recommend jumping onto the website. It's only 39.95, which we think is pretty crazy, but we love the idea of this as a Kickstarter or a taste of what we do at JCN. Or maybe you're a client who's just like, yeah, I'd love some more recipes, or I'd like to play around with a little bit more structure for a while with a plan. This is for you. So again, head to jessicacox.com.au to our online shop and get your copy of the Real Food Reset Plan today. Yeah, I love that, and I love that. Um, yeah, as you described that kind of circle with all of those out, you know, outcomes flowing onto each other, and I think it's interesting that identity in the centre because again, we see this a lot with clients, and I'm kind of interested what you see from a male perspective with clients, and I know I'm slightly stereotyping, but it's hard over all of these years of practice for us to not see patterns with our female versus male clients. But at that centre or core of identity, we find one of the biggest um, really, I guess, negative feedback loops that affect these other outcomes is um, people's innate um, care for themselves, Um, ability to prioritize themselves and as trite as it sounds it's like I guess it comes back to self-love like that fact that you deserve to eat well feel well not have gut issues or um, and or um, go to the go to the gym or whatever it is for you to actually um, feel fit and healthy Uh, and I just I think it's so fascinating that that identity core that you bring up but do you see do you see that challenged with males um, as well, as far as that kind of like core ability to, I guess, want to take care of themselves or believe that they uh, should? That, that you know, it's like again, it's like it's like a um, unconscious mm. thought pattern, but like a, a sort of self belief that they don't. Um, you know, that they shouldn't feel well, that they don't have the right to feel well, or they don't have the right to put themselves first.
1: Yeah, yes, I know. I mean, I I think what I see, Jess, is that um, if you can get guys, if you can really delve into the goal, a lot of guys are doing it because they want to set an example for their kids or maybe they have an old injury and they're they're deconditioned and they want to be able to play with their kids and, and things like that, right? So what I would find with a lot of guys is, initially and again this comes back to the perfectionist mindset is having a bit of self-compassion for the weeks where things don't go according to plan you know Mm -hmm. and just being able to take a step back and go hey you're doing pretty damn well like you know um and I suppose that's that's a form of self-love right you know being able to say hey like okay I ticked things off at a 70% rate this week it wasn't 100% but it was 70% because I had a kid up two nights who was sick right so I wasn't able to get my amount of sleep in or I wasn't able to do x y or z um you know um in terms of I think that when a lot of guys come to me, they're at the point, just where they, they they're they're ready they're ready to change. They know that something needs to change, right? Mm-hmm. And and whether it's just, you know, they're at a time in their life or, you know, maybe something's happened, or maybe they have gone to the doctor and they've realized their blood pressure's through the roof and they're you know what I mean? They're 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 not in a very good health state. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I think initially, okay, maybe some of the the yeah, it is about like I've worked hard through my life because a lot of the guys I, w- I work with are business owners and w- I'm one of them in particular, like, you know, he says to me every week, my goal is like, I've sacrificed my health for my business for the last five, six, seven years. And yeah. now it's time to start prioritize my health. Right. So that is yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. um, is that sort of, um, you know, I suppose, respect, self-respect, you know, yeah. um, and realization. And then the funny thing is that he, he comes back to me that, you know, he, we, he, you know he's he come back to me then, you know, two or three months into work. And he's like, you know what? Like, he's like, I never expected the impact to be so positive on my business. Like I'm showing up differently. I have a different aura now when I'm going into business meetings, you know, I'm more confident. Um, I'm more sharp. I like have more energy. Um, so it's, it's like, it might start out that, you know, I just want to lose weight. I want to lose the belly. I want to have more confidence, but then it funnels into other areas of life, you know? So, um so I think it's, yeah, I think, the haven't having given giving back time to yourself. That is definitely something that I see in guys. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of the coin is not being too hard on yourself and having a bit of self-compassion, which I think is a form, as we said, of, of self-love, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know about you, Ruthie. I just think that it's just something that we see um, a lot more of a – I think men definitely, in their own way, um, it can be a struggle point, but I feel like it can be a – A really big hurdle um, for for females that's why I just I just love getting a bit more feedback on that as far Mm -hmm. as like yeah what you see
2: I did want to also talk I just wanted to see like in your demographic of clients guys especially with with males and I know 100% where Jess is coming from with females because I think a lot of females especially when we're dealing with identity and we've talked about this a lot on podcasts um that yeah women and I don't again I don't want to generalize because I know it comes down to you know so many things for men as well but just definitely for women it's just prioritizing themselves and putting themselves first but I also think something I see more in maybe men the ones that I work with just from a just from a health and fitness point of view um they just kind of maybe want to just clean their gut up eat a bit healthier and even um Interestingly, because I know you're going to be working with my partner, Mick, and he doesn't listen to podcasts so I could say this on here. Um, but shifting the mindset... Ar- <laughs> I'm going to dump him in the shit big time. But shifting the mindset around sometimes too that this is... Um, and what I'm realising with, with Mick, and this is why I'm, I'm interested for you to work with him as well, but shifting that mindset around for a lot of guys and that... This health and fitness thing is not something that is like a like not a punishment in a way and I don't say that because Mick enjoys it but it's kind of like changing that that male mindset around well if I eat healthy all week and I'm not drinking during the week then my reward on the weekend is Mm. having a couple of drinks and eating some shit food when your reward on the weekend you know changing that mindset around the looking after yourself should be the fucking reward as opposed to the opposite. And this is what I see a lot with the men in my circle and life is that the mindset is really skewed around what should be the reward for ourselves. Do you find that a little bit? Uh,
1: yeah, I know, I know what you mean, Carissa. Yeah, I suppose, um, I think it depends on the individual. So for mm. example, like I can think of one of the guys I work with, he just loves beers. Like he's a beer connoisseur. He, he just <laughs> loves trying a different craft beer, right? Every Friday, Saturday night, right? And I know for a fact that if I said to him, look, like, what if we cut this out completely? He he would probably do it, right? Because he's the sort of guy who's like, let's give it a shot. But I know I would be taking away something from him in his lifestyle that's really important to him that he really enjoys. Mm. On the other side of the coin, absolutely. I think I was in this place where you were drinking at the weekend because you're just kind of doing it because mm. your mates are doing it. And it's a cultural thing. and It's a societal thing, you know? Um, And I, I suppose... I think if you if you get if if initially, you know, eating having a couple of beers and eating whatever you want to eat at the weekend, if it's in sort of moderation, again, which is a very boring term, right? <laughs> but if it's within moderation initially, right, and it gets that buy-in and it and it helps them to be, as I said, you know, eighty percent on on board, um, I, I think that's okay. I think that's meeting them where they're at. And that's yeah. as I said, you know, previously that's that's sort of the challenge with with working with people and that's why i do it with one-on-one coaching is like meeting them where they're at like if i come in and i to someone right we're overhauling absolutely everything you can't do this 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 like i'll never say that i'll never say that to anyone i'll never say that to any of the guys because generally speaking you're going to get a bit of backlash they're just not going to want to do you're not Mm going to get that buy-in so i'll say okay well how can we make this work like how can we you know have you maybe having that bit of food having those few beers while also keeping it in moderation. You know what I mean? Can we mix something in there? Like, you know, whatever it might be. Like, can you can you have like a, a breakfast, a lunch, and maybe a snack that is in line with your goals? And then you have a dinner that's maybe not in line with your health and fitness <laughs> goals, you know, on a Saturday night or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm and then what you'll sort of find sometimes then is that as they start to see the improvements and the changes, they'll naturally say, well, listen, how about I pull back on the beers a little bit more instead of having beers, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, how about we maybe this week aim for maybe just Saturday night? Mm. And you're like, great, you know, so they've come to the conclusion that it's the best thing for them, you know? Um, and, And I guess, I suppose, Carissa, it depends on their history as well, like, I know when I was playing football, like you'd be training hard during the week back in Ireland. <laughs> and at the weekend, you go for a few pints and you felt like you deserved it because mm-hmm. it was the kind of culture and it was a team bonding thing as well. Right. You know, so if they've come from that background, it could be kind of like, well, it's, it's almost like a team bonding thing. right? It's, it's, it's my <laughs> social outlet. um, You know, so again, if you were to take that away from somebody, then the whole thing might just seem like, you know, this is a bit of a penance. Like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Yeah. That I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm not getting that social outlet. And um, so I, I think it's down to the individual and meeting them where they're at and where their history is. And, and like, you know, like, do they, are they, are they beer connoisseurs? Like, are they really into their beers? Like, I'm not going to tell that guy, you know, to stop drinking completely, you know, unless he turned around to me and said, listen, I want to hit this sort of body composition, which I don't do. I'm not, you know, nobody's yet like, I'm helping guys to, to, you know, look and feel good, but we're not looking at getting to, like, you know, athlete levels yeah. of body fat composition for the vast majority of guys. You know, yeah. um, if that if, if that conversation comes up, then, yeah, okay, Difficult sacrifices have to be made. Like, it, there's no way around it. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. There are, there are sacrifices that have to be made um, if you are in a position where you're carrying excessive levels of body fat and we do have to pull back calories and, and you know help you train at a higher intensity your recovery is always going to be better if you can pull back on mm. you know alcohol during the week and the amount of alcohol you're consuming and if you're waking up a bit fresher on a Monday morning it means you can get to the gym before work and you have that kind of sets you up for the week yeah then you can kind of explain that and go it's your choice then if you want to drink 10, 10 drinks on a Saturday night <laughs> or have two, you know yeah. it's up to you you know, so, yep. um, so again, I think it depends on the individual. Yeah, and just getting to root of why they want to improve their health and their fitness, and explain to them like, well, you can do this or you can do this. One is taking you closer to your goals; the other is taking you further away. So you can choose. You know, Ooh, I like yeah.
2: That. And I think also You'll steal that one. Yeah, and I think also. <laughs> The thing that I think is good about like a coach versus let's just say, you know, you know, your general general dude who wants to lose weight and eat better, maybe going and just seeing his PT twice a week. And, you know, not that not that, you know, any of us women in the space of, you know, wanting our, our partners or our husbands to be healthier or be, you know, work on their health. I think it's what I've definitely seen with some of, I know, my clients' husbands who see you um, in this space is that when it's a bloke on bloke conversation and, you know, you have it's not coming sometimes from the wife or the partner, like it's, it seems to be better received because I even know with Mick and, you know, talking to so many clients even about their husbands, like... If we, like, and Nick's very open to so many conversations and does so much more than even I know a lot of guys do in the health and fitness space, but I can come across as kind of like being a pain in his ass about these things. <laughs> Whereas if he's having a one-on-one conversation with a guy, a frank conversation about what do you want, how are we going to achieve this, it's your choice, mate, you do what you want here, it's definitely better received, I think, sometimes, you know, and so that's why sometimes, yeah, like, you know investing in someone such as yourself like from a male point of view is is probably a better option than coming to um us with the questions and then you know i don't know so that's just something i've definitely seen with some of my clients husbands that have you know trained with you and things like that so it's been it's been really positive in that respect
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah and i think um i i heard from um somebody in the in- industry uh luke, luke Lehman. so he's he's, he's um, very very intelligent guy um and somebody that, that that um i read a lot of his stuff and he has a, a sort of a line uh, that says if they've seen you naked they're not going to take your advice seriously right so <laughs> if they're <laughs> right and i think it's a really good line right because so basically if you're trying to give advice to your mom or dad <laughs> yeah, they've sure. seen you naked as a baby as a kid they're not going to take it on board, right? It's the same with partners. Like they've seen you naked, right? And I thought I remember reading that, and I was like, you know what? That's the best way of summing it up, really. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think yeah. keep that in mind.
0: So, so good, <laughs> so, so good, so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I think we've we've touched on quite a few of these, but just interested if there's anything else that comes up. So roadblocks common roadblocks that you see clients coming up against um, and, and how you might navigate this. So I know even Krista just brought some up about some of the different scenarios that she sees with clients and obviously with her partner as far as some of those sort of habits um, potentially about the, was it the conversation about alcohol, of course. But is there any other guys that come to mind that are like common behaviors or common um yeah inverted commas sort of roadblocks that you see and then ways that you would navigate those particular types of um blocks that do come up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um I guess it, it depends on the stage that they're at, Jess. So for 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 people before they start, like I'll have chats with guys and they'll say, look, I, I right now I just don't have the time. I'm very, very busy. Um mm. and I suppose it's kind of like I get round to it or procrastination um and we all do it like we all this is human nature you know so no judgment there whatsoever but what i've learned is that there's never going to be the right time and furthermore to that is that if you can start to just make some changes um while you're busy and um, because most of us are busy so you know life, life, our lives are busy then when life is not so busy it's going to feel like a breeze so instead of waiting for the time where you're, you know, you're, you feel like you're all set and ready to go, and you've got loads of time back, which never happens, start when you're busy and start to make small changes. You know, um, so that that would be one. And I think part of the reason why that works as well, Jess, is something in the research that they call like the Hawthorne effect. So basically, if if like they've seen it in research populations that um, when does an observer put in place, people start to act differently. Without any advice or or you know structures being being given or, or instructions being given, mm. they just start to do the things that they know they should be doing because so that's the, the kind of accountability, right? So just get started, and you know have accountability, and that doesn't have to be a coach. It could be just like a friend, a mate, like a, a gym buddy, whatever it might be, you know. So just get started, like don't wait because. It, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be, you know? Um, so you just get started. That That's probably one, but that's before, I guess, they, they come into clinic or, or on coaching or on board like that. Then when they get on board, it's, it's the perfectionism and all or nothing, right? So it's like, okay, I want to do, give me more. I want to do this, 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 this. I want to implement it all at once. And inevitably, as I said, Murphy's Law, like something will come up the first week or two. Like, so say, for example, I took on a guy two weeks ago um, he he runs his own business, and within the first week, he had a day where a staff member didn't turn up at one of his shops. Right, so it was just mm-hmm. like a complete spanner in the works, and he's messaging me going, "Look, God, oh, this is a nightmare," and I'm like, "Listen, this is perfect." I said mm-hmm. because this is going to happen. Like, this is life. You know, you have to navigate this, and like, I want you just your motto this week is "Good enough is perfect." Good enough is perfect. Right, mm-hmm. so. Get away from the perfectionist mindset. And I listen, the reason that I know about this, because I have this type of mindset. Like it's mm. plagued me all my life, right? <laughs> I want things to be like 100 percent you know. Um, and and I actually went into this a little bit more with that guy. And I said, you know what, perfectionism, this thing, it's a bit of a scapegoat as well, because you can say if if you if you pack it in, you can say, Oh, you know, I, I I'm a perfectionist, so it wasn't working out. True. You know, and a perfectionist is kind of like it's it's this like. It's kind of a compliment, but it's like, oh, it's, it's this thing that's holding me back. You know, and I, I've noticed this about myself. Like, if you say I'm a perfectionist, that's why I can't do that. i will never be able to give it 100%. It's a bit of a cop-out, I think, as well, you know, because um, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked through this or I've taught through this myself. Um, and then I think what perfection leads, leads on to then is this all-or-nothing approach,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where it's like I'm either 100% on board or I'm not at all, right? And unfortunately, in life, life is messy and there's never a perfect week right um and you, you just have to do what you can you know with 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 the time that you have and the resources that you have and for the vast majority of people you know at the level that we're working at that is more than enough if you're hitting like 70 80 percent quote-unquote compliance rates right i don't like using that word but you know what i mean you're you're, you're ticking as many of the boxes you can week on week um and you, you're doing that over time so it's looking at the trends over time so then i suppose to lead into that then is what a lot of people will do is they'll look at the their progress through a straw so one of the most common ones yes for guys with with composition is the the scales the way it scales right now look it's a bit of a controversial issue some people will say you should never use the scales it's not good other people say yeah you know you should use it like uh, you know i i do use it but i tell the guys this is a small 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 part and it's just because it's it's a tiny part of the whole picture right it's a tiny part And it just helps us to make better decisions about where we need to go with your training right and and if your goal is to lose x amount of weight we want to see as a make sure it's body fat but it's one small part of the whole picture we have to take into consideration your energy levels your focus levels like your your how you're actually looking like we can physically see that you've got more muscle you know um what what has gone on so coming out of the christmas period you see a lot of people freaking out over the weight on the scales and that's just because you've eaten more food. So you've got more food in your system. You've eaten more carbs. So you've got more water retention. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, but they're mm-hmm. focusing on the scales. And it's like, well, you know, actually, you're probably lifting more in the gym because now you're well-fueled, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the things about if, if you've eaten a little bit more over those holiday periods, if you can continue to do a little bit of training, you're going to feel a lot more strong, right? So I think, yeah, looking at things through a straw, um, that's probably a big, um, a big uh, mindset or a big yeah obstacle for a lot of people it's just focusing on one thing and missing the bigger picture you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. maybe your clothes are now feeling better and that's something that you like you wear clothes every day hopefully right in your job right so (laughs) if they're feeling better and they're feeling more (laughs) comfortable right um that that's more that's more important right or or even the fact that you've got more energy now to be with your kids like which Mm -hmm. would you prefer to be like half a kilo lighter on the scales or to have more energy to go out and play with your kids like on a you know saturday afternoon um so I think they I, I, I think they kind of all intertwine and this kind of For sure. you can go from perfectionism to this all or nothing to looking at things through a straw. Yeah. Um so they're they I suppose a couple of the um the biggest ones I see. Maybe then in terms of injuries, um what I would see is that people think that they're broken. So they think, Oh, I've I've got to dodgy back and that's it. Like I can never I can never get over this. Um and that may be down to just perhaps some of the management that they've had in the past where like coming back to what we spoke about earlier they weren't maybe built up to a level of strength and resilience that helped them to get back to a goal that was important for them right so if it's somebody who wants to be able to lift up their kids without having back pain right that maybe was their main goal but maybe they were having just massage and, and whatever it is which i'm not you know it has its place right but it's not it didn't help them to get back to being able to do that that specific task that was very important to them, right? So maybe their confidence is low around that and they think I'm never going to be able to do that again. But if we can kind of say, well, hang on for a second, like, let's get you moving a little bit better. Let's get you a little bit stronger. Let's let's use that as a goal. Let's give you some task-specific exercises. So again, coming back to the said principles of specific adaptations to impose demand. So if you want to lift up your kids, but you're going into the gym and just doing bench press, it's not strengthening through your posterior chain. It's not mm. task specific. You know what I mean? So, sure. and that's just a kind of a broad example, but hopefully that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even just the mind frame um, around injury, um, which I, I know is probably another podcast in itself. I know from, the Chris's <laughs> experience over the last few years, like I just was thinking how, you know, for, not to put words in your mouth, Reci, but I, I think about what you've you've had and um, your sort of journey with that, but we'll see with clients where there can be an injury or sort of a, a physical ailment where it will become a roadblock. It'll be like, no, I can't, I can't because of this. And it's like, well, you know, maybe you can, like maybe it just requires one foot in front of the other and continuing to work on this and to work with the right people and, yeah, as you, you're saying, it's like it's not always easy and a lot of the time because it's the foundational stuff, it, it might kind of be a bit boring because it's, re- you know, repetitive work or mm-hmm. repetitive, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, all these sort of repetitive processes that you're doing to get you to where you want to be. Um, but then, you know, where could you be in two years from now and what you're able to do versus where you were two years ago, um, which, yeah, we probably mm-hmm. at a point, Rusty should probably get you to talk about your <laughs> experience there if you want. Yeah,
2: yeah. I probably I feel like m- maybe it is a like maybe it is a podcast for another day because I would really love to probably even with Gary unpack like m- like injury management, but also the mindset around that because I feel like for me, um, yeah. understanding the mindset around a, an injury has probably been where I've actually made the most gains in terms of moving forward and not getting stuck which I think is so easy to do um, and I do I, I want to say this in the probably the most diplomatic way because I know some people do have injuries that you know will absolutely prevent them from doing certain things but um, yeah. I'm speaking from my personal my personal experience is that I definitely had even just taking the injury out of it really ups and downs in my mindset around recovering from it and I definitely know you can very easily get stuck in the victim space where you don't think you're actually mm. going to get better and that is very fucking consuming um, and then having to pull mm. yourself out of that is probably. Probably one of the hardest things I think was more so than my injury itself. Like I deal with pain in my back every day, but changing my mindset around that pain and where I see myself has been where I've actually made the most progress. So I think, and I think you probably right at the start, I think the first time I had a backflake, Gary, when I first saw you, like not the original injury You explained that to me really well about like healing not being linear. We're looking at a long-term trajectory Mm. and there's going to be ups and downs and then I got really well for a while and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got this. I don't need to do any more rehab stuff but I did (laughs) because I fucked it up again. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and yeah, but just, (laughs) but, you know, we all think we're six foot tall and bulletproof until we realise we're not and we've got to do the hard work and, um yeah but I think that would be a really good podcast to to go through like just even yeah for people to understand yeah just the mindset even in that alone when it comes to injuries and just how long it can take too like I just think the last time I even set foot in a gym compared to where I am now and like obviously I know it's only early days again back in training and you're helping me with that and but yeah it's just it's it's a long haul for some people and you've really got to keep your head on that sort of, you know, long-term, yeah, long-term goal and not where am I right now? And if I get stuck in a rut or I have a bad day, don't throw your tools out of the fucking basket, like keep going.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. And like, I consider myself very lucky to have uh, worked in physio and Mm. realize this for myself personally right because I'll, I'll be honest with you right now like i'm not <laughs> i'm not getting optimal sleep like i'm not you know i i'm not training to the to the level that i want just because you know at the time of recording we've got a seven week old baby right so i remember <laughs> saying to michelle i'm like you know i'm 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 i'm, I'm I'm not as recovered as I would like. And that's just mm. that's just part of the, you know, part of the, the whole thing of becoming a dad, right? And and this is again another thing that you have to take into consideration with guys who come on board, right? Like there's different seasons for different things in life, sure. right? So I have now like I I've got niggles in places that I've never been <laughs> sore before because um, you know, it's sleep plays a huge part in that, mm. an absolutely huge part of that. And and letting somebody know that like if they've got a very stressful job and they're not sleeping very well. Um, that can be a reason why you know if they have a particularly stressful day at work that can be a reason why your pain levels are higher it's not because Mm -hmm. something has become more damaged or Mm. you you know what i mean flared up it's because your your nervous system is all ramped up you know so um that's kind of the mindset side of things but i think it probably mindset slash education or just Mm. awareness around that yeah
2: yeah yeah definitely podcast for another day there you go you get to come back dazzle (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> great if you'll
0: have me yeah <laughs> so just to finish off uh, what we were hoping to get from you and it doesn't have to be five but I know we had talked about potentially getting from you five daily non-negotiables for health so are there, are there some non-negotiables for you when it comes to your health because I know people always love to, to hear this Um, in regard to getting inspiration, but it might also cross over, I'm sure, into some of the non-negotiables as far as habits that your goal is with your clients to have them bring on board too. So yeah, do you have some standouts?
1: Yeah. So personally, Jesse, and again, these are all very boring. There's nothing here. I'm not, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm not getting up at 4am and doing 30 minutes uh, in a, you know, cryo chamber or anything like that. Like it's, it's, you know, first thing in the morning, I try and get up and luckily here because I live in Brisbane, we have generally beautiful weather. So I get up and try and get out for a walk in sunlight. And that just helps, you know, a good night's sleep starts, the morning off, right? So it just helps to set up your circadian rhythm and getting some of that sunlight on your 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 eyes, your 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 skin, your face, um really, really helps with um, you know, the the cascade of of hormone fluctuations throughout the day and, and setting up for melatonin come the evening. Um the other thing I would say is hydrate before you caffeinate. So if you're gonna have a coffee or a tea in the morning, try and at least, you know, have five hundred mils to a liter of water first, you know, get that into you. So you're not um just you know, horsing down the coffees first thing. Um, so hydration will generally do wonders for your energy levels. And when we get guys, you know, like new guys just actually getting to drinking more water, they, you know, inevitably say my energy levels are just so much better. You know, mm-hmm. I actually don't need as much coffee, Um, you know? Um, so that, that's definitely one for me. Uh, I try to keep my phone away from me <laughs> in the morning. First thing, um, just in terms of, I think, distraction and, and, you know just tech i mean tech is fantastic but i think mm-hmm. having too much time in front of the screen uh, you know personally for me doesn't i just know i don't operate at my best so just having the phone away trying not to pick it up till you know lunchtime if i can not that doesn't always work but um not no fun phone first thing i'll always try to have a kind of a high protein breakfast so i suppose with a lot of guys who come to me they'll be having a breakfast that's very carb heavy and then they're getting a slump around 10 a.m so they might be having mm-hmm. cereal and toast um you know, kind of spiking blood sugars and then getting a slump around 10 a.m. and then thinking they need a coffee, so they're having a coffee. And, you know, when really if they just kind of were able to, you know, have a high-protein high breakfast, it's it's very uh, satiating, so it keeps them fuller for longer. Um, and we know the protein in terms of muscle protein synthesis. If you are in the gym, it's crucial. Um, you know, and as well with re- your body recomposition, uh, it's, it's, it's vital as well. So that's something that I always aim to do. And if you get your protein in early in the day, it tends to make it a lot easier then you just, you know, have a have a have a source of protein with the rest of your meals. You tend to keep your protein levels high from day to day, and uh, then finally at nighttime, no phone before bed, and absolutely no phone in the bedroom at all. Right, mm. so I have a very very strict rule about that. Like, um, you know, I think for me, especially now, I might be getting the quantity of sleep that I want, but I'll mm. I'll always try and optimize the quality of the sleep that I'm getting. And I just think having any electronics in the bedroom or or associate in the bedroom with you know, your phone and scrolling and things like that, I think is probably one of the easiest uh, changes a lot of people can make just to improve their sleep, you know? So, um, sure. so yeah, not, not very glamorous, all very boring, but <laughs> the boring stuff works, you know?
0: Exactly. You just <laughs> highlighted that. like, And, you know, it, the proofs in the pudding, I guess, as far as we're talking about these really important habits that we're aiming to set up, Um, you know, as, as human beings, like everything that you just listed, I know for myself and for Carissa are massive priorities for us too. So it's like, you know, shock horror, here's some like really important, not so glamorous (laughs) habits that if you implement these into your life, have a pretty fantastic knock on effect Um, that, you know, don't involve you having to get up at four in the morning and potentially have an ice bar. Like, <laughs> you know, if you want to do that on top of everything else, <laughs> go for it. But. <laughs>
1: I, I absolutely and if you have the time if you're you know single and you're 22 and you've got this the <laughs> world you want to do that do it like you know but uh
2: yeah
1: uh, but all, all of those things that i that i mentioned are all pretty simple and, and pretty like yeah. quick or don't take any time at all mm. you know so they're yeah. not very elaborate morning routines like i've definitely gone down the rabbit hole having these big elaborate morning routines and stuff and yeah before you know it like you know it's 11 a.m and you haven't done anything yeah you. just you know you know so i i think maybe that's just on social media (laughs) as well. People are talking about evening and morning routines, you know, but just keep it simple, really simple, you know, Um, uh, you know, that that, that makes it a lot more sustainable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you want to let our listeners know where to find you? Uh, And obviously from a social media point of view or whatever uh, contact method is best, because we'd love them to be able to reach out and, and even just see and learn a bit more about what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. So socials are best, Instagram, Facebook, and um, just at the Coach Cleary is great, Jess, probably the best, easiest way of, of reaching out. Um. So yeah, I'm on socials most of the time. So you can always uh, always find me there, yeah. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really good. I feel like, yeah, there's lots of rabbit holes as always that we could go down further, but this has been a really great overview. And I'm hoping um i know everyone like whether male or female will get a lot from this but i'm hoping some of our male listeners in particular will be able to pull a lot from this uh, because we do tend to focus um a lot on more female based issues so this is a real goodie to expand out to those guys listening but yeah thank you so much it's just been awesome
1: no worries at all absolute pleasure thanks for having me
0: okay thanks for listening guys